Welcome back, Statesman viewers, to another episode of the Statesman Sports Spotlight. The guest I have on today is one of the best hitters in Stony Brook baseball program history, and that's saying something. Uh, the guy just rolls out of bed and hits. Doesn't matter where he's batting, what number he's wearing, none of it. Evan Giordano, what's going on, my guy? How you doing, Mike? Thanks for having me. Of course, thank you for taking the time. Uh, you're coming straight from practice, or did you guys just get out of a lift? Yeah, we just got uh, out of the lift, so I'm home now. Nice. How'd it go? It was good. Normal day. Okay, that's good. It's good to keep it simple. Now, year five for you, man. What a ride it's been, right? You've seen a lot of guys come and go. You've witnessed and been right in the middle of a lot of great moments, as well as some unfortunate moments. Looking back on your career to this point, how do you evaluate it? I've enjoyed my time here at Stony Brook. I think that myself, along with some of the guys that I've been with for a few years, have you know done some great things, and it's just been uh you know it's been a pleasure to to be here for five years under Coach Sank and the coaches, and just you know represent the school. It's it's been fun. Awesome. I interviewed you this past summer on WUSB for a little bit over an hour. And, you know, we learned a lot about you before you got to Stony Brook and how you got here. You know, we learned that um, Joe Panucci, the former assistant coach, recruited you. Uh, we learned a little bit about your career at Gloucester Catholic, I believe, was what your high school was called. So, you know, we know we know a little bit about your backstory already. But one thing I still don't know is... You know, of all the things you've accomplished here at Stony Brook, what is the thing you are most proud of? I would say just being part of those uh, teams in the last couple of seasons that, you know, have done some great things. And we went to a regional my freshman year and right. um, just being a part of that and having that leadership role the last couple of years, that means a lot to me. And I'm just happy to say that I can I was a part of, you know, that success. Awesome. You know, as the weeks go on, you continue to climb up the historic ladder. Uh, when you hit your sixth home run of the year in the first inning last Friday at Hofstra, you moved into a tie for sixth place on the program's all-time home run leaders and third place in uh, the Division One era. If you can reach 10 home runs this year, you would move into a tie for fifth place. Obviously, an 11th one would give you sole possession of fifth place. So I know you can't go up there trying to hit home runs, right? That's a recipe for failure. But uh, how aware are you of these trivial records while you're playing? Honestly, not too aware of, you know, I don't try and keep track of any of that. It's cool to right. see after the game, mm -hmm. uh, like a tweet about it. But, um, you yeah, know, I definitely don't go into games or um, hit a home run and think like, oh, you know, I'm, I've moved up in, in that ranking. It's just uh, it's just cool to see it after the game, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you know, when you see your name mentioned alongside a Stony Brook great like Willie Carmona or Nick Grande or whoever it is, um, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm just really grateful to be in the conversation with guys like that and especially a guy like Nick Grande who I've played with. Right. To uh, just see, you know, how he went about things. And I learned a lot from him uh, my freshman year when he was playing. Uh, it's just great to be in that conversation. And, um, you know, I'm, I really am truly grateful to to be in that. And in your time here, you know, you've played alongside a lot of greats, right? Other than just Nick Grande, there's Mike Wilson, who was drafted, uh, Chris Hamilton, you name yep. it. And the list goes on and on. So how did playing alongside those guys as a freshman, as a sophomore, really help form the player that you are today? 
Yeah, it really helped. You learn a lot from those guys and how they, you know, show up to practice every day, how they go about things. Um, you know, you come from high school and it's a whole different world, a whole different game. And to be, you know, that young and learn from guys like Chris Hamilton and Grande and uh, Mike Wilson, it just uh, it does shape your college career. You're aware of it or not at that at that time. But to be learning from guys who have had that success and have had that experience, uh, it does really help. You've played five years under one of the best coaches in the nation and Matt Sank, like you mentioned earlier. Just what has he done for you in regards to your development as both baseball player and as a person? Um, yeah, I think he shaped me to be the man I am today, uh, you know, off the field and, and on the field. Obviously, he's taught me great things about baseball and he's been around the game and has been around, you know, winning. So he knows what it takes. And that aspect of it, you know, on the field has really helped my career and shaped my game. But, uh, you know, off the field, he's he's taught us like many things, uh, you know, how to go about school. You know, make sure you're focusing on things like that. It's not all about baseball because, you know, he says when baseball is done, you got to do something else. So, you know, the the lessons he's he's taught me um, have shaped me in my career on and off the field for sure. Yeah. Now, obviously, Coach Sank can't do it all alone, right? Uh, you've got Jim Martin there as well, and he's a character in his own right. I don't think he means to be one, but he definitely is. Um, I even heard him getting on you during the Manhattan game. I think he wanted you to shift to your left while you were at third base, and he was he was yell- yelling at you. He was like, come on, senior, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, how has Coach Martin helped in your development? And, you know, what is what does a guy like him mean to this team? It means a lot. Um, you know, he's a great coach. And he does a lot of behind the scenes work. You know, he's he's showing up to the game and to practice every day with high energy. You know, he's making sure you're never slacking. He gets on you, um, you know, even if you've been in the, in the program for five years like I have. But then again, he's also he has your back and he's also, you know, a big supporter of whenever things are going good. So, um, yeah, he's great to be around. He's, he's got high energy, like I said. So he's a fun guy to to be uh, to be around. That's great. You've got a lot of good coaches, right? We just talked about Sank. We just talked about uh, Martin. I know uh, Coach Cav was there for a little while. What was the moment in your career? Because obviously when you were a freshman, you you struggled. It's a big jump to go from high school to Division I. Um, and you didn't have a great freshman year. Uh, so So what was the moment where your coaches really, you know, for lack of a better term, coached you up and you kind of became the guy you are now? Um, I would say during that freshman year and then um, the fall after that, it was really all about, you know, the mental part of the game. And they're great with that. They're great with, um, you know, coaching how you should think and, you know, how you should, you know, deal with failure. So I think it was really during that freshman year when things weren't going great, they kept telling me, you know, stick with it, keep working. It's going to come. And uh, I, I still see that with, with them and the younger kids today. So it it was probably during that time. So it's fitting that you mentioned that, right? Because we have uh, we have a profile article coming out about uh, Matt Brown Airing, your teammate. I, I don't that's supposed to come out later tonight, but who knows? I'm not in charge of that stuff. And he he had said something very similar to you after his freshman year, start of his sophomore year. They sat him down and they had a conversation saying something along the lines of, you know, we we need you 
you know, to be more consistent. We can't, the emotion can't come in waves. You got to be a straight line. Did they sit you down and have a conversation with you like that? I mean, how exactly did it go? You know, the failing seven out of 10 times and you're an all-star. What, what exactly was it that they said to you that helped you unlock that ability? I don't recall having like a conversation or like a sit down or anything like that, but it was, it was more like the everyday stuff, you know, mm-hmm. going out there and, you know, having a bad game, striking out in the big spot or making an error. It's just like the the constant, um, you know, get the next one. You know, we got your back. It was just more of that. And, you know, it's not going to be you're not going to go out there and have a great day every, every day. So right. it was the constant, the daily, um, you know, reassurance of them. Absolutely. Now you're having an unbelievable final year right now. You're batting 383, 445 on base, 673 slugging. You got 34 RBIs in just 26 games, which I just, I gush over that. I love RBIs. People, you know, criminally underrate RBIs nowadays. Um, Nine doubles, you hit two in your last game. Even the two triples is a career high, right? So might I add that you've done all of this against some of the hardest non-conference and conference competition in the nation. So why is it that you've been so dominant at the plate this year? Is it your maturity uh, considering your experience? Are you doing something differently with your swing or your approach? Just walk me through it. Walk me through what's allowing you to to go out on top. Well, being in, you know, college baseball for five years definitely helps. So, um, you know, that comes with that. But, you know, I I tried to take what I what I did well last year and bring it into this year. And I really just tried to, um, you know, have a good start to this year because historically, I, you know, I, I've had some slow starts. So uh, to take what I did well last year, bring it into this year and, you know, just make sure I'm having a good approach to the game every day, whether I show up and I go 0 for 4 or not. I'm just, you know, I want to be there for the team and I can't do that if I don't have, you know, a great mindset coming into that game. So I would say pretty much the experience and, um, you know, what I've, I've done well, I brought that into this year. Okay, cool. Now the team you're playing on this year, the 2023 baseball team, it's a very talented group. I really like you guys. Um, I, I can draw comparisons to the 2021 team, which was a team that obviously, you know, the controversy aside should have probably been in a regional, right? So yeah. Um, now the record shows that you're under 500 this year, right? 11 and 15, three and six in conference play. Uh, but the other way of looking at it is that you're 11 and six in your last 17. You've won eight straight non-conference games. You're five and zero in midweek. So, you know, amidst all the, the ups and downs, how do you think the season is going right now from a team perspective? Um, I don't think that we've hit our stride yet. I agree with you that this is one of the more talented teams that, um, you know, I've been a part of and, you know, we started off slow record wise, but I think in those games that, you know, we've lost, there were, we had a lot of close games and we really had a chance to, to knock off some of those, some of those big teams. But I think that recently we've been maybe trying a little too hard. And um, I think that's something that we got to work on just going out there and, playing our game because we do have the talent and um you know i really think that we haven't hit our stride yet and we have what seven weekends to do that so you know i'm confident we're gonna do it you know i'm confident it's gonna be sooner rather than later awesome that's good news now you've got a lot of experience right five years like we've been saying all day so 
Tell me what the the difference is, the biggest difference, I guess, between the CAA and the America East. Um, I would say the pitching mm-hmm. from you know my standpoint. We really noticed it against uh, you know the first two weekends, Charleston and UNCW. Right. Uh, you know they had you know great arms even out of the pen. Yeah, um, yeah. Their second or third guy out of the pen. It's just you know we got to go up there every at bat and against every guy, and we got to compete. You know the the pitching, I would say is. It's totally different. You know, that's something we've been working on. Yeah, I think I think last year the CAA's like league average ERA was an entire run and a half lower than the America East. So I would probably have to agree. I think the stats probably show that it's uh the, the pitching's much better in the CAA as well. You guys had only lost one conference series each of the last two years in the America East. 2021, I think you dropped three or four to Jersey Tech at one point, and then last year you lost two or three to Binghamton. Uh, but this year obviously you're already over three in that regard right so so what do you guys have to do to turn it around i know you said that you've the team's trying a little bit too hard right so so what do you guys have to do to start turning these one out of threes into two out of threes i just think we got to execute better you know we've had chances in in a couple of these weekends to to win the series actually you know we went one-on-one going into sunday against uncw same thing against hostro could have won the series in in both of those weekends so i think it comes down to you know, us executing a little bit better. And in those past weekends, I would say that UNCW and Hofstra, they just did that better than us at that time. But for us to to get better, which we will, we're going to we're just going to have to execute better. You know, having a regional taken away from you each of the last three years, right? COVID, then the BS rain thing and then the, the playoff ban. I know you guys came into this year with that clearly as the goal, get to a regional. I think you're finally realizing three weeks into the conference season just how steep a hill that really is to climb in the CAA, right? Uh, top 10 conference in the nation by RPI. I believe there's seven. You know, before you guys even make a regional, you got to make the playoffs. You were predicted to. You're predicted to uh, to finish sixth. Only six teams make the playoffs. So right now, as a ninth place team with plenty of time left, what do you guys have to start doing on weekends to make sure that you at least get to the big dance? We just got to keep, we just got to start winning. And <laughs> it's simple. You know, as simple as it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, you know, if we want to get to that regional, which is the goal and to win that conference championship, we obviously do have to make playoffs, like you said, and we got to win every pitch, every at bat, you know, every inning. Um, and if we don't, we got to bounce back and, you know, get knocked down, you come back and, and, and win the next one. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to be tough mentally, but we could do it. I'm confident we could do it. So. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have that championship pedigree and you, you you can't go to a college world series without a good program. So having said all that, right, there's no real break in your schedule. uh, So to speak, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to play a UMBC or, or, or a Hartford this year. You know, you played Charleston and UNCW when they were receiving votes you played Hofstra, who's the reigning conference champion. Now this weekend, you have to play William and Mary, who's 18 and 12. And then next week, you have to face Northeastern, who's ranked. Later in the year, you're going to have to face Elon. Like These are all really good established CAA teams. Uh, so seeing all these, all these teams you know, fully acclimated and established here in the CAA, does that bring out the best in you guys? Like, Does that inspire you to become like them? Yeah, for sure. We definitely want to be uh, the top of the CAA, especially when, uh, you know, you said they're seventh in RPI. 
that's just a goal that we have. So yeah, definitely. Now you guys have done a lot of good things this year, right? I, I don't want to keep being Debbie down on you guys. And I don't want to keep having a gush on all the other CAA schools. So you guys have done a lot of good things. Like I said, 11 and six in the past three weeks or so eight. No, uh, since that Oh, and nine start and the non-conference games, let's transition into, uh, something other than baseball. Right. So, so off the field, you're a person too, right? You're not just an athlete. You're not just a gladiator that we cheer for every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, You're from New Jersey, right? Which means that as a kid, you had the option of picking either New York sports or Philadelphia sports, like a lot of South Jersey people do. And disappointingly to me, you went the Philly route. Now, I'm a Jets fan. I don't care that you're an Eagles fan. Good for you. I like it when Giants fans suffer. But you picked the Phillies and you picked the Sixers. Dude, what what is wrong with you? How dare you pick the Philadelphia Phillies? I hope they go one one hundred sixty one this year. <laughs> they might. I mean, we're not we're not off to a much better start. Having said that, I do want to I do want to mention it was a great year for you as as a Philly sports fan, right? You got to watch the yeah. Phillies win the National League. You got to watch the Eagles win the NFC. Uh, what was it like being uh, being in the Giordano household in twenty twenty two, watching those professional sports teams play? Uh, yeah, it was fun until the final game. So <laughs> we had a good time all the way up until the end. Yeah. It was a fun year, but it was a tough year for sure being a Philly sports fan. I wouldn't call it a tough – you've had tougher years than, than – Yeah, that's that. true. That's true. You're attending grad school right now. I'm barely passing undergrad school. So how is that going for you? I know you said earlier in the year that it's hard, but why is it such a step up? Uh, it's going well right now. Uh, I think I was just a little overwhelmed at the at the time, but uh, me and Ben Farrow are actually in the same classes, so you know we're we're going at it right now. We're we're doing well. That's it's cool. Not, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay, that's good. That's and what are you studying again? It's something like business management, right? Yeah, that was my uh, that was my major, but I'm doing a certificate in finance right now. You had said something to us in the uh, in the summer when we were interviewing you for WSB. Um, did somebody in your family like recommend Stony Brook's business school to you? No, it's just my brother was um, in business school in Delaware, right. okay. and it's something that I looked forward to doing. So I've got okay. just uh, just one more question for you. So we know. This time around, you're going to be walking away from us at the end of the year, right? And I know it's sad to talk about, but unless another global pandemic breaks out this month, uh, you're not going to you're not going to have any more eligibility. You're going to graduate. You're going to move on from Stony Brook. You're going to enter the real world. So, what's the plan after that? Do you want to enter the draft? Do you want to keep playing baseball professionally? Do you want to get into coaching? Do you want to go down the business path? Do you know exactly what it is yet that you want to do? Uh, the goal right now is to keep playing, hopefully professionally, you know, hopefully I can get uh, something going there. But uh, right now, that's the only the the only plan that I have going right now. OK. All right. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, Evan, um, I appreciate your time. I thank you for coming on the podcast today. Keep the keep the ball rolling. You guys are playing well. I definitely want to see you guys get there and reach your potential. I know you guys have it in you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I appreciate you too. You have a good one.